Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Rob Thresher. I haven't been around in a while. Been busy, moving, job stuff. You know how how the deal goes. Um, but we are um, fully active. Back with the um, not-for-profit uh, Healing with Art dot org, and that's with dashes. So it's Healing Dash with Dash Art A R T dot O R G, and that's a forward that redirects you. We don't have a whole lot of money. We're doing out of pocket right now, so. Sorry, there's some noise in the background. Hold on. Um, so a lot of it's out of pocket. We're working up here in upstate New York to try to bring awareness and education to people both who might have bipolar, who are maybe young uh, boys or girls, mostly girls for some reason, um, who might be seeking treatment. We're looking for ways to send them to Columbia University <clears throat> to undergo the ketamine infusion treatments, which um, from what I've read and from the studies that they put out, from Columbia University, it looks to be a very, very um, highly, with a high success rate on um, actually, I guess we would call it mostly curing, uh, but we're not necessarily curing these people, but um, on, some, by in, on a large factor, we are, we are mostly curing a lot of these people that, that go down to um, Columbia University for these treatments. Columbia, of course, has one of the most extensive mental health programs uh, in the country. Uh, all they do is study it. They have identified a gene which could help with bipolar. They think they've identified a gene that can help with bipolar. And um, we're just, like I say, we're just, uh, we're continuing on with our fight. And um, we're not going to give up. And so what I'm doing, one of the things I'm doing is I'm putting, um, bringing people <clears throat> onto the air with me um, and we're um, discussing bipolar. We're discussing mental health. And, again, this is part of our ongoing series and commitment to hopefully one day having our NCO number, which will allow us to raise more money and do more good in state New York. Um, as you might be aware, in upstate New York, in a lot of small kind of suburban cities, uh, if you want to call them that, what we're finding is that there's a, a huge lack of services. Um, and as I said, you look at Columbia University, being roughly three-hour drive from upstate New York, and I have yet to heard of a single, a single young person or even older person with bipolar disorder who has been sent down to Columbia University from this area. So, um, and it's incumbent upon us to find these funds to get these young people down here for the, for this um, treatment, and um, because literally, young girls again, some boys, mostly young girls are dying every day from this disorder, um, and it's not seen as like, oh, if you have a, a broken leg or you have a bone tumor or you have a cyst or whatever it is, you know, people don't treat you differently and, and act like you're a weirdo, but with mental health, um, unfortunately, in a lot of areas still, that is the, that is the way people see it. Um, it's a disability just like any other disability, and we need to treat it like that, and we need to find ways to to begin to cure this in out-of-the-way areas such as upstate and rural areas in upstate New York. Um, but that said, you know, we're going to try to keep everything positive. I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to um, sound like I'm kind of being negative about the area we live in up here. In the, uh, it's the Utica Rome area in Mohawk Valley in Oneida County. And it's, uh, at this point in time, it's pretty woefully lacking 
even in nonprofits that are supposed to be supposed to be you know tasked with with this um, uh, the duty of helping helping in this in, in this kind of situation mental health disorder and we still don't see much of that either so again um, I'll avoid going negative what we're doing is spotlight on healing spotlight on healing with art. Um, Healing with Art is our not-for-profit website, uh, the .org, and we hope to also have the business name, which will be um, a recognized uh, NPO uh, organization, nonprofit organization. Right now, today, we have Amanda Doan with us. She's from upstate New York, the quote-unquote Utica Romary in Oneida County, and um, she's been suffering for quite a while with bipolar and other other mental health disorders. And um, welcome to the air, Amanda. How are you today? I'm all right, Rob. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I know you're, I know you're, you're trying to keep a, a strong uh, posture on, and, and she was worried, Amanda was worried that she might, you know, begin to tear up or cry on the air. I said, oh, my God, if anybody has the right to do that, it's you. So, so please don't hold back. Um, this is big stuff. And I want people to hear the real effects and the emotion. And so there's nothing wrong with that, Amanda. Don't worry about that. Um, so what we're doing right now is the very first part of a series. Um, the series um, came from some ideas from the news media when um, actually ART, who was the initials of the person that helped found this organization, um, she was in the news media a lot up here. Um, we did a lot to spread the word and communicate with people about the disorder. So what we're doing is it's the spotlight on healing with art. It's the spotlight on bipolar and mental health disorders. And today we're going to talk to Amanda Doan about the process called um, discovery. And what we're going to talk about discovery today is kind of phase one of three. Phase one is when you discover it yourself that you have something wrong. Phase two is when your parents or friends or you sort of kind of come out of the closet, I guess is one analogy. Um, and then phase three is when you have an actual diagnosis from a, from a medical facility or doctor. Um, so here we are on Discovery Phase 1 with Amanda Doan. Um, we're exploring bipolar and mental health disorders. And um, Amanda, do you remember a moment in time in your, in your discovery phase when, when a kind of a light went off that said, I think I'm different, or maybe what's wrong with me kind of a, a thing? Did you have a moment like that, and can you describe it and tell us approximately how old you were? Yes, I believe I was, when I first started feeling, um, I started feeling depressed. I want to say around 12 or 13, I started feeling um, way, way, way depressed. And I I just, I that's when I realized I think something is wrong. I need to go talk to my mom about this. And okay. The emotion that I had felt, I was feeling depressed all the time, and mm-hmm. it was not—it was not pleasant. Not to mention, up here in you know upstate New York, there's a lot of people, as you um, as you stated, that you know people will look at you and judge you nowadays, and. If I told anyone that I was depressed, I thought that they would think I was crazy, even my own family. Right. And I didn't want to tell my mom at first. Mm-hmm. 
And um, how long was it between um, when you started feeling depressed and when you told your mom, was there a time frame between there? Amanda? I I do you okay? think, yeah, I'm all right. Um, okay. I, do, I, honestly, I honestly think that it wasn't that long. I would say maybe it wasn't a couple of days, obviously. It was like a couple okay. of weeks, I want to say. Oh, okay, relatively short because there's a lot of young ladies um, including um, including Art, who um, went a pretty long time before between her discovery and the parents either discovering it or being made aware of it. Um, almost a year went by for this particular person. And um, that is what we've got to work on first because as difficult as it is, and do you agree with this, Amanda? You've got to share this with somebody. Yes, I do, and there are some people out there that I have talked to, but there's also some people that look at me in different ways and say, and I just know by their looks, they judge me by their looks and say, and I know what they're thinking. I say, oh, she's crazy, mm-hmm. and it it's not a pleasant feeling. No. Is it? How do you feel about it? Do you feel crazy? Is it a feeling that, like, does it come on to you? Like, sometimes you start to believe what they're saying? When I first started feeling it, I I basically started feeling all the time like I was crazy and maybe I am crazy and maybe I, you know, am negative and all that stuff. And it's just, there are people out there that will tell you that thing all your life. And when you hear it for such a long time, you start Mm -hmm. to believe it. Right. And, of course, crazy is not neither a medical diagnosis or an appropriate term for any of these disorders. They all have their own diagnosis. They all have their own names. Um, there's appropriate and inappropriate names. And um, I remember when it, it was, and I'm going to be really politically incorrect here, but the reality is there was a lot of, a long time in my life when kids and other kids and even adults would call each other retarded. And that has been pr- pretty much fully shunned at this point um, in the sort of politically correct world. But there's a lot of things like, you know, it doesn't have to be politically correct to be correct in an accuracy way. So, for instance, the original meaning of the word retarded was it literally meant slower than, than average or slower than normal, but it became a slang word with the kids, and we had to change the, the phrasing. So I don't have a problem with being being kind to people and not calling people names, having a true medical diagnosis. Bipolar disorder is not at the exact diagnosis, but it's a diagnosis, um, and then sometimes, I don't know what your situation was when you discovered this, were you, did you kind of start out with depression and then kind of mer- morph into the bipolar, or was it misdiagnosed for you, or how did that work? I was a self-diagnoser. I figured out something was actually wrong, and I did not know if it was actually depression 
or bipolar at first because I I did actually tell my mom I think I may be depressed when I when I did go to my mother I did tell her I think I may I think I may be depressed and she asked me what was wrong I do believe and I said that I I didn't know what was wrong I just felt depressed and I started feeling that way all the time mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty hard to actually explain the feelings but you know that you're feeling them when it comes to mental illness and when it comes to me- mm-hmm. mental disorders so you you know in your heart and in your mind that there was something wrong and you self-diagnosed yourself with depression which was really accurate <laughs> I guess when you look back hindsight being 2020 you were right how did your um, so as you were discovering that you had something was wrong and you had um, depression uh, moments more and more frequent, which is alarming. Um, how long did it take before you and your your mom? Are you do you live with just your mom? Yes, I live with my mom and my grandparents. But um, yes. And does your dad know about your diagnosis and your situation? He knows. He just does not care. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Um, He doesn't care. He doesn't understand. He doesn't care. Or he's afraid of it. Are there any other terms you could use to describe his situation? Um, I think for the fathers that it is, very hard to find out a child has a mental illness. Sure. But, and they they really don't want to accept it at first. But right. either way, they, they should accept and they should learn more about it. Mm-hmm. And, and therein lies the, the hard part about this, about this disorder. The first people who have to be educated are the parents or the guardians or what have you, um, then you have to educate the public in general. It's hard enough when you have a daughter that has a disorder that you can't really understand or define. You you see them do things and, and act out in ways that are horrific for the average parent. And I, I truly believe that a lot of parents come out of this situation if everybody comes out alive, <clears throat> which is sometimes questionable, right? Um, sometimes the parents have their own mental issues that they've never addressed, and that sort of complicates the situation. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not applying this to your situation at all. I don't know your father, um, and this is not meant to, against him. But what it is meant to say is that it's, it's, it's almost impossible to believe that the child that you love, who, who has an A average in school who seems to have plenty of friends, who smiles so much and does artwork and has so many talents, has this extremely negative baggage that they have to carry. And a lot of them hide it quite well. Don't you agree, Amanda? Yes, a lot of a lot of them do hide quite well because they don't want to tell people. They they just because their fear of being judged. Mhm. 
Yeah, and that's the biggest part of this is the fear of being judged. And that's part of what we have to work on is the stigma. You know what? Okay, so 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 we've we've got a lot of definitions of what's wrong with people and what the diagnoses are. Bipolar disorder is one of those. And I think that the biggest thing is is we were told, and I'm going to mention names when I'm, it's a positive thing. So we had to actually bring we had to bring um, our daughter out to Fort Winds to have her treated um, out in Saratoga, and um, it it wasn't easy. Um, you know, ultimately you have to leave the house, and it it seems to create more pandemonium than it cures, but. At the same time, it's very important that you get monitored, that you get the medication is not a solid science yet. And so we're still working on that here in upstate and even the parts where we're more progressive out towards Saratoga Springs and the bigger cities. We do have resources, but people like us who are, quote, unquote, in the middle, where like flyover country, um, we don't we don't get all the, the top-notch science and technology when it comes to these sort of things. Um so one, the biggest thing is the stigma, and I think that the stigma ha- has come down a bit because you do see a lot of young people, usually young females in schools these days, who are practicing these these things like self harm and other things that usually are indicative of some sort of mental health disorder, if not bipolar disorder, but. I've been told by numerous sources that this is an activity that that girls do these days. They they do this self-harm thing, and it's not always related to an actual mental disorder, which to me it seems, well, there's clearly something wrong. But I guess there's some girls that do this activity to get a thrill from it, almost like a high from it, and then maybe after school, you know, they, they never do it again or whatever, But but... Self-harm is clearly an indicator that there's something wrong. Um, one thing that I'd like to say, one thing that I've learned is that if you have a young girl, uh, 11, 12-year-old, you know, daughter or niece or whatever, granddaughter, and all of a sudden you start to see them hiding their, their arms a lot on the beach with a long sleeve shirt on. There's a great example. Um these shirts now that are almost made to hide this sort of activity where they have the little loopholes at the end of the sleeves. Um, these are all indications that they're doing something that you might never imagine what's going on. And and you never would imagine it. It's, it's the kind of thing that a parent, whether my age or in their whatever, 30s, 40s, 50s, doesn't matter, you're never going to sit down and talk to your wife or your significant other and say, you know what, I think she's, I think she's uh, harming herself. It just doesn't occur to you because you, you can't imagine it. You can't picture it. So it really is a, a big part of the process is helping educate parents, for one, teachers in school. Um, same thing as always, any kind of issue in, in school. But, again, a lot of times there's no signs. How many signs do you think you exhibited, if any, during your discovery process? I do believe I, how many signs you ask, how have I discovered when I first discovered I had bipolar? Um, I do believe that I discovered the self-harm, the 
hiding myself quite a mm-hmm. lot. Somebody, mm-hmm. somebody would ask me what was wrong or if I felt something was wrong, mm-hmm. I would hide myself. I would not say anything. I would self-harm and I, the actual emotion of, mm-hmm. of feeling, I would hide that. So and, I did play. Mm-hmm. Go on. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I did actually exhibit quite some signs. And you had said you had said that um, for the longest time, and even continuing to today. And we haven't said your current age, but we'll do that near the end of the show. We're just trying to build up to this, right? So, so you have said in the past that um, you were bullied quite severely. Um, do you think that the bullying was a cause or a result of your disorder? I think the bullying was a. It can be many triggers. I do believe the bullying was because when you're being bullied by somebody and nobody does anything about it and it results and results and results as to nobody doing anything and the fact is that you know they're not doing anything. And uh, who, do you, who, do you mean wasn't, who, who do you mean wasn't doing anything? Can you elaborate on that for me? Yes, I I was going to Camden High School, Camden in in. Uh, uh, okay. I was going to a school in upstate New York, and mm-hmm. the school did not do anything. Okay. I kept, I went to the counseling office crying one day because I was so upset that I was being bullied, and they didn't do anything. They really did not. Did they have anybody into the office to discuss the situation? Yes. They had tons of, they had a couple counselors in there. How about, how about, how about did they, did they have you and the, the person that you were accusing of bullying into the office to discuss this? No, they just had me, but I was crying my eyes out because I was, I knew I was being bullied, and they didn't. Did you tell them who was doing the bullying? Yes, I did. You did, and they failed to act. So one of my questions that that I've had one of one of my questions I've had in the past, and this is very interesting to me because I have witnessed bullying situations using Facebook. I won't say who or what or names or what school. But the school did the actual thing according to the law in New York State, as far as what the school tells me. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not making accusations. But according to what the school told me, they are obligated by state law to warn the bullier in face-to-face with their parents and say that if it happens again, there will be another there'll be another expulsion from school, and then if it happens a third time, they'll be expelled permanently. So... Um, if the school that you had acted in in a way that was not in accordance with state law, I'm I'm only going to put this out there, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to tell you what to do or your mom or anything. But what I'm going to say is I'd be curious if there was any legal people out there, any lawyers who felt dealt with the situation in the past, who would be interested in speaking with you and your mom and saying, look, at, if 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 your school system damaged you or or failed to act according to state law. 
there's got to be major ramifications for them because it can't happen again. And so, so the only thing that could possibly happen is at the least, maybe you don't get law happy, legal happy lawsuits and whatnot, but at the very least, somebody needs to educate the educators on how this should have been handled properly. Again, I'm not accusing the school. I haven't done any research on the situation. We're just talking here, chatting back and forth, and maybe we're exploring not your school, but all the schools in upstate New York, and giving them a grade. Maybe that's part of what our organization, Healing With Art, does, is grade schools on how they handle bullying situations. Because it sounds to me, and again, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not giving legal advice, but it sounds to me like there's a major, major issue in that upstate New York school system. Um, I'd be happy if anybody did hear the name or they do, they do know your name. If they wanted to call in and talk to us as well, I would allow them to talk for a few minutes. We're down to four minutes and 54 seconds. We're talking to Amanda Doan from upstate New York in a rural area, similar to the one that I'm in in upstate New York. And we're talking about how we're so woefully lacking for mental health and other types of um, uh, awareness, um, <clears throat> the, stig- the stigmatism that comes along with it, the bullying, which, again, as Amanda said, the bullying could be both a cause, a trigger, as well as a result of the bipolar because once people find out you have a mental disorder or that you have any, uh, you know, bipolar or other types of disorders of the brain, um, pe- people sometimes get weird on you, and that's the, the fact of life. But it's also something that has to be dealt with in the schools. So um, we're still going to talk, Amanda, for about three more minutes. I just want to mention we're trying. In upstate New York, we're trying like crazy to get our quote-unquote nonprofit dot um, org website project turned into a full-blown NPO, a nonprofit organization. If you're a nonprofit and you'd like to team with us, or you'd like to have us be um, a project of your nonprofit, we would be happy to entertain that thought. While we continue to try to get our own um, our own nonprofit status. Um, so that said, any really help or anything that you donate now. Is not is not a write off in in the sense that we are we do not have the non the NPO status, but we are not not for not for profit organization, and right now currently we've raised a couple thousand dollars, and what we're trying to do is get get some transportation for pe- for people such as Amanda, other people in upstate New York, who are struggling and have a hard time, quite frankly, just sometimes just getting around town, right, Amanda? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. And um, so we need all these resources. We need them desperately. Um, our nonprofit will be under a um, under the um, uh, um, the nonprofit status will be, I believe it's called 404D, which means that we are under, we would be fall under the, the task of the um, Department of Education, um, which specifically relates to mental health disorders and which specifically also relates more so to uptown sort of um, urban areas um, that don't have access to a lot of these resources. So go to Healing With Art. If you Google Healing With Art, whether you Google it or Facebook it, you should come up to the page. You're going to see um, the word art has initials. It's A period, R period, T period, and that's because it is actually the, the shortening of a name. And so if you do see Healing With Art, it's in New York. That would be us. Sometimes another one comes up that's out in the Midwest, and 
they look like they have an actual cool thing going on as well. But um, so we're we're trying to help Amanda. We're trying to help young people in upstate New York to get to these therapies, to get to Columbia University. Um, we need a lot of help still, a lot of help. If you can't chip in, if you can't chip in money or cash, give us ten minutes of your time. I have a way where I'm I'm going to do a press release. Amanda, um, I don't know how much I've shared with you about this, but I'm going to be doing a press release within the next week or two, and it's going to be about, we'll call it like kind of like, you know, the, the phrase baby steps. Well, this would be baby steps to helping us get our nonprofit launched. I have a list of about, I don't know how long it is, Amanda, do you to like 20 or so items on this list. Each item could take up to a week to two weeks to get accomplished. So with me and... <clears throat> Me and the three or four other people working on this, including Amanda, we might have a hard time getting this done in even a half a year. But if I can get one person for each line item on this list of things to do to just take care of that line item, it could it could increase our speed by a factor of 20. And so we're down to 45 seconds. Amanda, I want to thank you for being on the show. Again, I want to tell everybody we're going to do a series of these shows. This was Discovery Part 1, which is where you kind of discover yourself that you have an issue. You may or may not bring it to your parents right away. Discovery, too, is parents and family and friends and how do they react, and that will be next on our next show with Amanda. Um, discovery 3 is a diagnosis, a sort of final discovery. And then um, that's the discovery phase, and we have about five or six more phases, which each will also have like three or four parts. And we look forward to everyone coming to healingwithart.org with dashes, healing-with-art. Dot O-R-G. And again, that's a forward. Don't be afraid of that. It goes to Google Sites. It's perfectly safe. Goodbye.